The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hi, this is Dr. Mary Lang, and I am sitting in for Terry Aranga today. And I'd like to welcome you to Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, A Beacon of Light and Hope for Medicaid Coverage. I am the CEO and founder of Beacon Day School, and here is my guest, Dr. Steve Kozer. Dr. Kozer founded the Institute of Behavior Change in 1997. He is a licensed psychologist and a certified school psychologist who created Behavioral Health Rehabilitation Services Model, which is funded entirely through Medicaid EPSDT, or Early and Periodic Screening, Diagnostic, and Treatment Services Mandate. Uh, Steve Causer has been providing services for the past 20 years in Pennsylvania, and, they, and that can be delivered in all 50 states, and he is an expert on Medicaid coverage. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Mary. Thanks for inviting me. It is my pleasure. Let's get right to the topic because financing health care and behavioral services for uh, individuals and students with um, autism is a critical issue in this changing climate. So could you please give us a general overview of what funding we're talking about and uh, how you become eligible for funding? Sure, but first let me make sure I correct the record. I don't have a doctoral degree, so my title oh. isn't doctor anything. I am no. a licensed psychologist and a certified school psychologist in Pennsylvania, but I got those credentials 30 years ago when we could do that with a master's degree. Ah, so. well, you're more than qualified. Sorry for oh, the I, error. Yeah, and that's it. I've been at it long enough to know what's what, and I really yeah. appreciate the opportunity to inform the audience about what I call the greatest treatment funding secret ever concealed. In really? all 50 states, yeah, in all 50 states, the Medicaid program exists. And everybody thinks of Medicaid, they think of poor people and, you know, trying to help the less fortunate, et cetera. But in mm -hmm. fact, in 36 out of the 50 states, that's three quarters of the United States, Medicaid provides funding for the treatment of disabled children who are enrolled in Medicaid, and it doesn't matter what the family income is in those 36 states. So in other mm -hmm. words, it literally is the answer to parents' prayers about where they're going to get the money to pay for the treatment that their children desperately need. Unfortunately, the public school system is consuming 
Medicaid funds voraciously all over the country, and the state governments, for whatever reasons, are not publicizing the availability of these Medicaid funds to anybody except schools. So in Pennsylvania, for example, if a child is disabled, has an autism spectrum disorder, they can contact the uh, service providers who are enrolled in Medicaid and delivering behavioral health services like I am. And if you talk to the right provider, they can start working with your child that same day in terms of developing, designing treatment programs for the child. And then within a short period of time, maybe even as little as two to three weeks, begin delivering treatment to those children with incredible service levels that are you know, unheard of in, in most parts of the country, 20, 30 hours a week of intensive individual treatment addressing communication deficits, socialization deficits, addressing aggression, safety problems, all kinds of things, and it's delivered 100% cost-free to the family uh, regardless of the family's income. Well, that's very impressive because so many families are not receiving services due to lack of funding. It's, it's, it, it's a very sad commentary. Well, that's the thing. That, you know, in fact, in, uh, in the Christmas holidays, we saw that awful uh, event up in Connecticut with that young yes. man who, who just lost his mind and, and killed all those children. That child, with his level of disability, would certainly have been qualified to get funding for the treatment of his condition. In fact, I've treated dozens of children more or less just like him in Pennsylvania over the last 20 years. And the amazing part is that Connecticut is one of the 36 states that allows this funding to be accessed without regard to parental income. So there's no question that he could have gotten help at no cost to his parent, and given the experience we've had for the last 20 years here in Pennsylvania, if he had gotten the kind of help we're delivering, there's a reasonable probability that he could have been sent down a different path, uh, had acquired a different set of understandings about human beings that would have deterred, if not prevented, his traveling down the road that he went on. So it really is, it's more than just a shame, it's an outright tragedy. Literally right. lives could be saved if people knew these treatment funding sources existed. Well, how, <clears throat> so we are looking for, it's, it's autism, but it's also other uh, developmental issues as well, correct? Yeah, this is a, a treatment um, funding source, early and periodic Screening, Diagnosis, and Treatment, EPSDT, mm -hmm. is used to fund dozens of different things, including eyeglasses, durable medical equipment, wheelchairs. Um, it can be used to fund residential placement for children who have acute disabilities that are in need of close supervision, all kinds of things. Well, I, <clears throat> why is it that more people don't know about this? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'm a, a psychologist and educator, and I, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I didn't even know about this. Well, this is the case in the vast majority of the states. The schools are the primary resources that 
uh, are, are absorbing Medicaid funding when it comes to children. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the bottom line is the public school system has its work cut out for it, and, you know, that's putting it mildly. Right. So if we have a system that is grossly overburdened and everybody wants to help it in any way they can, it makes sense that the state authorities would make Medicaid funding available and the schools vigorously use it. Pennsylvania took over $140 million last year um, of Medicaid money. Mm -hmm. The problem is that the accountability for that money um, is not nearly what it is in the world that I inhabit in terms of being a licensed psychologist. I have to answer to very close scrutiny by managed care companies and other inspectors to make sure I'm not squandering it or misapplying it. And schools seem to be able to access those funds without any of those controls and that's why we periodically hear about um, the Office of the Attorney General comes in and takes back tens of millions of dollars from a given state because of uh, fraudulent or otherwise inappropriate misuses of Medicaid funds in schools. Mm -hmm. So my argument is if they would simply allow 10%, even 1%, that's over a million dollars, uh, to be used in a demonstration project where you put that money into the hands of families who could oversee the <clears throat> quality of their child's care, I think we could demonstrate categorically that families have a greater probability of using that money wisely than any school on earth in the history of time. Well, I think I, I absolutely agree with you. I think the schools get enmeshed in ha- having to provide uh, services to all children and forget the individual needs of specific children who have uh, the unique needs that exist in uh, conditions such as autism spectrum disorder. And so it, it gets lost. Um, so let, how would a parent go about, <coughs> excuse me, how would a parent go about accessing this? Say, um, Mr. and Mrs. Jones came in and said they had, uh, in California, that would be Medi-Cal. Mm-hmm. How, uh, how would they access that? Because here, I think, you have to be eligible for Medi-Cal. Well, well here's the thing. In California, California is one of the 36 states that allows children with disabilities to enroll in Medicaid regardless of family income. So mm-hmm. that's the first hurdle that parents have to overcome, the belief that they don't deserve access to these funds because they make too much money. It's, that's not true. So once they've overcome that, it, it is a little bit of a complicated process because the states are trying so hard to conceal this resource. I did mm-hmm. produce a nine-minute video that's up on the IBC website, the Institute for Behavior Change. And you can look at that, and it describes how to secure EPSDT funding. The listeners can certainly check that out. Well, I certainly certainly think they should because I know um, people that are turned away from Medi-Cal for just this reason. Oh, you make $2 more than than you're supposed to, so therefore you don't get it. Right. And here's the, the, the secret. You can be considered a family of one if you are applying for Medicaid benefits for
for a disabled child only. Most of the time when a family applies for Medicaid benefits, they look at the family's income and they make a decision about all the family members enrolling in Medicaid because of the family's level of income. Mm-hmm. But in the EPSDT world, and this has been in existence since 1967. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's like 50 years old. So bottom line is, since 1989, it's been a federal mandate that every state has to use this EPSDT program. And they all have, obviously, because they all get Medicaid funding. So the bottom line is there are different standards for EPSDT treatment than there are for the treatment of mental illnesses in adults. EPSDT is a truly remarkable system that is based on the idea that if we can get into these kids' lives early Mm -hmm. and provide a substantial level of support, we may be able to take a child who would otherwise die or be severely handicapped for the rest of his life Mm -hmm. or create a, uh, an, just enormous burden in terms of trying to support that child for the next 70 years, we can take kids in that scenario and, and turn them into literally productive tax-paying assets. Well, it's time for a break, so um, I will get back to you as soon as possible, but I want to acknowledge our program sponsors, Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri, providers of delicious healthful camel's milk. Humpback Dairies can be reached at 417-848-7570. You can also purchase uh, <clears throat> milk at um, the Autism One website. Uh, so I just want to repeat that. You can also purchase camel's milk on the Autism One website. Thank you very much. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, this is Dr. Mary Lang, and I'm sitting in for Terry Aranga today. I'm interviewing Steve Kosser, an expert in, uh, in Medicaid funding, particularly early and periodic screening, diagnostic, and treatment services. Welcome back, Steve, and I'm, I'm so glad to have you uh, with us. Can you uh, be more specific, perhaps, over concerning the um, what what the this program will actually fund, like OTPT, sure. you know, I'm, that would really help so people know what they can uh, pursue. Sure. The the only way to answer that question is to say that if it is diagnosed as a deficit by a licensed practitioner of the healing arts in a given state, and that means a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, psychologist, and even in some cases social workers. Mm-hmm. If that person diagnoses a deficit, then funding for the treatment of that deficit has to be provided through EPSDT. We're talking about OT, PT, speech, language therapies, discrete trial training, floor time, you name it. And there is even funding in one case in Georgia where they got funding for hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which is an extremely controversial treatment, but EPSDT funded even that. So we're not talking about something that is a, a small component. It could be the lion's share of what a child's treatment funding is. It's free. It's available in all 50 states. You do have to fight for it, and it works. I've been collecting data for 16 years now that shows categorically that these services are remarkably effective at addressing physical aggression, socialization problems, uh, you know, all sorts of behavioral things associated especially with kids who have developmental delays. But I did want to make one point. The schools, Mm -hmm. we were talking before, the schools are inundated with trouble. They they are Mm -hmm. trying to to do everything for everybody, and they're in way over their heads. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people who work in schools are kind, caring, altruistic people. But the thing I want your audience to understand is that the services and funding that I'm talking about, EPSDT, can be obtained in addition to never in replacement of what is getting given to the kid through the school. So it's literally a second funding source that nobody knows about. Well, I have another question for you. Let's say a family, middle-class family, has health insurance through work. Will they... Well, is this in addition to the health insurance with the new uh, Affordable Health Care Act? Or, sure. well, yeah, let me uh, explain how that all works together. Medicaid, okay. when we're talking about services provided outside of the school, Medicaid has to be the funder of last resort. But the thing you have to realize is that most insurance companies, in fact, virtually all of them, do not pay for the services of unlicensed practitioners. Mm -hmm. There are many states, I think it's up to 30 now, that have passed laws that require private insurance companies to fund the treatment of autism. 
And in many of the states, the, uh, the insurance companies are operating under a cap where they have to fund up to 36000 a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. The fact is that those laws were a terrible mistake because in passing those laws, each of the states where they exist is able to say that the children who are in, you know, classified with autism can no longer access EPSDT until they have exhausted their private insurance benefits. Mm. So it's really a tragedy. I mean, they literally exchanged the civil right to funding for mental health treatment in exchange with the privilege to beg Blue Cross, Aetna, or whoever for funding for their child's treatment. It's a Uh little like the waiver system. Everybody talks about waivers in in states. A waiver is like a box of breath mints. It's got 50 tablets. They're all free. They rattle it at you and say, here you go. Say thank you. But in the other pocket is a, a folio of credit cards with your kid's name on it with an unlimited balance. That's what EPSDT is. So they rattle the breath mints and they say, here, have a waiver. But they rattle the uh, the mandates to fund uh, treatment through private insurance and they say, what a wonderful thing we did. And the reality is nobody's pointing to the pocket with the, the credit card folio in it that is EPSDT, which would solve all of these things in a, a much more a much more effective, simple way. And it's just because people don't know. Uh, So um, what about this Affordable Care Act? The Affordable Care Act mandates behavioral health treatment, just Mm -hmm. like every other part of the health care industry with the the Wellstone-Dominici Parity Act passed by Congress years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a mental illness, you're entitled to treatment that is comparable and get parity and funding for its treatment versus any medical disability, quote, unquote. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like we're breaking new ground here. This ground was broken in 67, where these Mm -hmm. kids can get treatment funding until their condition is resolved. Because here's the best part about EPSDT. It Mm -hmm. is primarily a prevention resource. It is designed to prevent the worsening of a child's condition, to prevent the acquisition of worse conditions, and to treat the child's existing condition. So with protections like that, we're talking about the 14th Amendment here. This is a right to equal protection under the law. It's a civil right. Medicaid Uh is part of the Social Security Act. So if you go into a state and Quick example, I've been doing this for close to oh, 30 years in, in Pennsylvania. So I've got... Just a few years, right? Just yeah, a few. it's not like this is experimental <laughs> at all. Right. So I've written hundreds and hundreds of treatment plans for children with various disorders, autism from ADHD, you name it. We have over 500 of those treatment plans at a website called treatmentplansthatworked.com. And a practitioner in any state could take that model, prescribe treatment exactly in accordance with the parameters that are in any of those treatment plans, give that uh, prescription to the family, 
And the family can take it to the state Medicaid authority and say, I want funding for this under EPSDT, just like my kid would get if he lived in Pennsylvania. Well, so let me just, so I'm a parent and I get uh, a treatment plan. Um, are these, um, you just, is this free on your website or is it a membership or how does that work to get one of these treatment plans? Well, treatment plans that worked is a collection of 576 treatment plans with the data that shows that they were effective. It's a $65 fee to access the database. Oh, okay. You know, we've had hundreds of people do it all over the world. I had one Uh person in eight years return it. So it's not like it's um, a superficial resource. Well, I just want to make sure that people understand how to access the treatment plans that work and and what that means. So they can go through and they can look at a treatment plan for aggressive behavior and you have a variety and they would pay the five dollars so or whatever and then they you could download the treatment plan yeah, right and what here's the thing you can use it as a parent to compare the treatment plan that your local professional is delivering and compare because our treatment plans meet national standards for quality mm-hmm. and you can help your local provider improve or enhance the quality of their treatment planning or mm-hmm. you can give this treatment plan model to your local practitioner they can mm-hmm. write one that meets these standards, and then you take their prescription to your state Medicaid agency, Mm -hmm. and you say, I want this treatment plan funded with EPSDT, just like it would be if the kid lived in Pennsylvania. And at that point, the state has two choices. They can say, here, don't tell anybody, or they can say, no, we don't do that here. I love it. Here, don't tell anybody. Well, of course. They don't want anybody to know about this. So you could go to, I could go to my state Medi-Cal office and present them and say, I want funding for this. And theoretically, they should, no matter what my income is, uh, fund uh, this this, um, treatment plan. Under EPSD. Okay. You can't be deterred to go to the de- Department of Developmental Disabilities or some other, uh, you know, outfit that they've created. You need to get it funded under EPSDT because it is mm-hmm. an entitlement under the Social Security Act. So do you go to the you go to the Social Security office? No, you go to the state Medicaid agency. Whoever runs Medi-Cal or in Pennsylvania, it's the Department of Public Welfare. You contact that office and say, hey, who is handling EPSDT in the state? And okay. half of the, you know, most of the time people are going to say, what's that? Because they don't tell anybody. Even in, in the state government, they don't know about it. Ah. So make a, make a long story short, you, you're going to need to be a little persistent about this because mm-hmm. most of the states are concealing it as vigorously as they can, I'm sorry, all of the states, including Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. So the bottom line is the services, uh, the funding source exists. If you present a request for it that's written correctly, it cannot be denied under federal law. Mm -hmm. So if the state denies it, you then have a cause of action. You have an opportunity to raise a complaint with the state Medicaid agency that they are willfully or intentionally depriving your child of his civil rights. This is what has happened in 
state after state. Would that be the ACLU, or do you get a... a, a, No, you... In fact, there's a suit right now in California. It's Emily... Oh, what's her name? Uh, Rosie D.V. Romney up in Massachusetts, Emily Kay in Arizona. I don't remember. I'm blocking on the... There's a a Medicaid suit ongoing in California that has been in the courts. Well, it sounds like it's time for us to take a break again. This is Dr. Mary Lang, and our sponsor is Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri, provider of delicious, helpful camel's milk. Humpback Dairies can be reached at 417-848-7570. You can also obtain uh, camel's milk on the Autism One website. Just to repeat, you can also obtain camel's milk on the Autism One website. Thank you very much, and we'll be back with Steve in just a moment. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, this is Dr. Mary Lang. I'm sitting in today for Terry Aranga, and I'm interviewing Steve Kozer, who is the founder of the Institute of Behavioral Change. Steve is talking to us today about uh, Medicaid coverage to access services for your child with developmental disabilities. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you so much. Hi. Before I go any further, I want to make sure that I give the I the uh, URL the uh, internet address for the Institute's website, because there's a great deal of information there that, uh, you know, parents and others can access, and that is 
IBC, that is Indigo Baker Charlie, mm-hmm. and hyphen like a minus sign, P mm-hmm. as in Paul, A as in Apple, dot org. So if they'll go to that website, they'll get a lot of information. And I would be happy to assist attorneys and other advocates in getting EPSDT funding established in other states. I go all over the country trying to talk about this and assist parents and advocates and attorneys in getting the funding. But let me just say one quick thing about how sure. easy it is to shake up the system. We all know that we have a Department of Justice and that agency operates an Office of Civil Rights. Mm-hmm. And that, that exists in all 50 states. There is an Office of Civil Rights that is literally a phone call away. If you contact the Office of Civil Rights and you say to those people, hey, listen, I just took an evaluation for uh, my child and, and a treatment plan for my child to the state Medicaid authority, and asked them to fund it under EPSDT, and and they said they don't do that in this state. Isn't that a violation of my child's civil rights? And, of course, it is. And now you have the Department of Justice and the Office of Civil Rights arguing on your child's behalf, no lawyer, no costs, and probably no chance for failure. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive, huh? Right, very we have impressive. A, we have a, a terrific country here. We have a compassionate legislature. We have a, a, you know, hundreds of years of history of saying we're not unscrupulous, we're not evil, we're not negligent of moral responsibilities. Mm-hmm. When a child has an autism spectrum disorder, it will break a family financially. There's no question about that. And they do need to get treatment services that are costly. There is no question about that because those treatment services work. Now, a state may want to keep sending money to schools and have them squander it, but that doesn't make any difference. The parents in the state are still eligible to get treatment funding for their disabled kids whether or not the school is doing anything. Hmm. That's pretty powerful for these parents to know that they can get funding for these services. I mean, what a a relief for them. Well, Well, it has to be tested, and, and this is the unfortunate part. In most states, lawyers who even well-intentioned, you know, Altruistic lawyers are going to be reluctant to file a civil rights complaint or a uh, a complaint in federal court alleging that a child's right to EPSDT treatment funding was denied because Mm -hmm. this really shakes the foundation of the uh, the state government. So it's not, you know, we can understand why nobody knows about this because, frankly, there aren't that many courageous lawyers out there, I guess. (laughs) You know, but the fundamental reality is the Department of Justice and the Office of Civil Rights is a resource. And I think that if more parents realize that it's cost-free and there are also protections against retribution against Mm -hmm. anyone who makes a civil rights complaint, um, it looks like we have the last piece of the puzzle ready to drop in place. 
Well, I, I, I really look forward to delving into this more. Would you share with us about your Institute of Beha- for Behavior Change so uh, we can understand, you know, what you do? I know you have your website that sure. sounds incredibly, incredibly helpful. Well, so uh, tell us more about what you do in Pennsylvania all right. and, and your model. All right. Well, we created a model, I did actually, about uh, close to 30 years ago, where a licensed psychologist supervises three, perhaps four, uh, behavior support or behavior specialist providers, the equivalent of three full-time equivalents. In other words, a total of 120 clock hours of their time is billed. Are those like, um, they don't have to be licensed? Are they like supervisors? Yeah, they're master's level people. They've got master's degrees and they don't have licenses. And they can provide up to 120 total hours to children in every week. And I, as a psychologist, supervise three full-time equivalents. And each of those people can supervise nine full-time equivalents of bachelor's level folks. So effectively, I have 27 to 30 people that I'm responsible for. I render supervision to the master's level people. The master's level people render supervision to the bachelor's level people. And we're treating, I mean, one group of 30 staff treats anywhere from 30 to 50 children. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a terrific outgoing of outpouring of resources under the scope of a single licensed professional. And in my group, we have five licensed psychologists so far. We keep getting uh, inquiries from all over the country, people who want to join the Institute, and I'm actively trying to expand our program into other states. Ah. So, I mean, it's terrific because the bachelor's level people are working for us. They're getting $15, $16 an hour. I pay health insurance for them, at least part of it. Yeah. And when they get their master's degrees, guess what? They come to work for us as behavior specialists. And when they finish up their licensing requirements, guess what? They become eligible to be psychologists or social workers with us. Well. That's that's pretty good, and this will all be affordable under this uh, under this uh, Medicaid uh, funding. Yeah, yeah. Well, almost a hundred percent of our funding comes from Medicaid. I mean, we I do make some contributions where I pay staff to get trained and supervised. Mm-hmm. We can't bill for that, obviously. No, but uh, you know, with the money left over from what we are billing for. Um, we can do this, and, and here's the best part. Pennsylvania mm-hmm. set the pay rates for these services in 1992 and haven't mm-hmm. changed them literally in 20 years. Oh, my goodness. So I'm making this system work with $1992. I guarantee I can make it work in any other state because the pay rates will have to be higher. But even if they're not, I can make it work with... Uh, $1992. Wow. Well, and are there laws, uh, just as a professional, are there require, supervision requirements? Um, I, and maybe I'm not framing this correctly, but uh, we have to provide, um, so the, the supervisor, like the masters, let me see, where did I draw that out? 
the master's level person unlicensed has to provide so many hours of supervision to the bachelor's level person and uh, and are there legal requirements for supervision levels and how yeah. often you have to do it for how long? Sure. You know? well, yeah, those requirements are going to vary from uh, state to state. And I mm-hmm. think that there has to be a responsible level of supervision for anyone who's rendering mental right. health treatment. It goes without saying. Right. But the the right. problem is that many of the states are terrified about acknowledging the availability of these funds because they're afraid of unscrupulous practitioners leaking out of the woodwork and just basically raiding the school's cookie jar, Mm -hmm. frankly. So the bottom line is what we have to show is that it is possible to do this responsibly and ethically and effectively, and I've proven it for 15, 16 years now, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that I have data for. I've been doing it for close to 20 so I can show anybody in any state how to do this, how to do it exactly the way we've been doing it here at the Institute. We haven't had, in all this time, we haven't had a single complaint of Medicaid fraud, malpractice, any, any nonsense like that. You know, in fact, wait a minute, I had one parent say that I, sent, uh, that I asked the state police to come to her house to yell at her child. Oh, dear. Um, you know, so every once in a while you, you get something like that, but... My point is that this has been operating successfully and fiscally responsibly for 20 years. Well, it looks like we're up for our last break, and then we'll be back. And I'm waiting. Here we go. Uh, This is Dr. Mary Lang, and we're at our next break. Um, I'd like to thank Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri, providers of delicious, healthful camel's milk. Humpback Dairies can be reached at 417-848-7570. In addition, I would like to acknowledge that uh, camel's milk can be purchased on the Autism One's website. Uh, again, I'd like to uh, state that Camel's Milk can also be purchased on the Autism One website. And we'll be back uh, in a few minutes for our last segment with uh, Steve Kozer. Thank you. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on voiceamericakids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for voiceamerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at voiceamericakids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to voiceamericakids.tv. Have you figured out what's not working in your life? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaron, for Let's Figure It Out. Tamaron has had both highs and lows in her life. She uses her experiences to teach you some basic techniques on how to live a better life through health, relationships, and more. Her guests also come from the health and wellness industry, and together, Tamaron and her guests will help you get your life on the right path. 
Let's Figure It Out airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. It's a beautiful day. Do you look your best? Do you feel your best? While everybody ages, why does it seem to show more in some people than others? It could have to do with what's inside and how it affects you outside. Tune in to Health and Beauty for Life with Dr. Tang and Alexandra. Their training in medicine and nutrition brings proven results with their patients. And now they're ready to bring that knowledge to you. We'll answer your questions and explore innovations in technology and medicine to keep you looking and feeling your best. Tune in Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, this is Dr. Mary Lang, and I am interviewing Steve Kozer in Pennsylvania regarding a Medicare uh, funding issues. And to wind up this hour-long segment, I, Steve, I was wondering if you could give us an example of what kind of services a child would, with autism would receive from your agency. All right. Yeah, and... Uh, as far as it goes, all of these services are absolutely free. There's no out-of-pocket expense. There's no copay, no deductible, no nothing, because they're all funded by the EPSDT mandate. First, the child would get a psychological evaluation by a licensed psychologist. It would include you know, what amounts to a life domain assessment, 12 to 15 pages long, extensive detail about strengths, weaknesses, and needs. We'd develop a written treatment plan that would be anywhere from five to seven, maybe even eight pages in length, describing exactly what the target behavior, the troublesome behavior is, what we plan to do to fix it, how quickly we expect things to progress. We'll have crisis intervention plans in case something unforeseen happens, transition plans to move you know, the child more successfully into the community, titration plans to reduce the and level of involvement and intrusion into the kid's life. And ultimately, we create a discharge plan before we even start working with the child so we know exactly what our targets are. The parent agrees to all this, and we start doing services. A bachelor's-level person works with the child in the home or the school or both, anywhere from two to five, seven, maybe even in some cases more than seven hours a day six hours in the school, an hour or even two at the home, Monday through Friday. Or, in some cases, we add weekend time as well. Everything is delivered in accordance with a written treatment plan. Once a week, the master's level behavior specialist supervisor is interviewing the parent and getting the parent's uh, understanding of the progress that the child's made in the previous week. We rate that on an objective scale, and we try to measure the child's progress throughout the course of treatment and make strategic corrections to the progress or to the treatment plan as we're going. At the end of about an 18-week treatment period, we meet all again as a unit. There's a new reevaluation. The psychologist has seen the kid again face to face, 
and we start the whole process over. We continue what's working, we change what's not working, and the ultimate result is that within three years or less, 90% of the children we're working with have finished our program and are not dangerous to themselves, not dangerous to others, and are manageable and acquiring communication skills, they're basically capable of learning at a level that they hadn't been when we started. So I'm not suggesting that we cure autism, certainly not. Autism is such a multifaceted condition that it requires both medical and behavioral and biological and every other imaginable intervention as well. But I'll tell you what, the EPSDT funding stream nails down the behavior part absolutely. We can render treatment that is effective, and we can do it in the most efficient way possible through the EPSDT funding system, much more efficiently than, in, than through a uh, private health insurance thing and other kinds of schemes like that. And like I said before, this is in addition to anything that the child's getting through the school system. Well, that certainly gives parents hope that their children can be receive the services that uh, they need in order to progress and have a quality of life. It, um, just one other question. I think you mentioned uh, community access. Is that that's also part of your treatment plan, I assume, as well? Didn't yeah, we try to help the children be able to access Little League and soccer and church mm -hmm. Uh, Sunday school and youth groups and all these other kinds of things that they may be excluded from because they just don't have adequate social skills. Well, right. if one of my staff accompanies them to those activities and helps them integrate into it, now it's possible. It literally makes it possible for them to acquire skills that they couldn't acquire through any other means. Well, it sounds like you're uh, program is extraordinary, and I hope you get the opportunity to expand into other states to provide these services because uh, there is obviously a uh, dire um, need. My, I, I think we have our next adventure in this is going to be helping uh, people who are adults and providing some of the the continuity of care, so to speak. Sure. And I, I know that this particular funding source doesn't uh, cover that, and I know this is an off-the-wall question to you, but uh, do you think Medicare would uh, fund these same things? Well, Medicare does in terms of the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. There are uh, provisions of the Americans with Disabilities Act that would allow them, you know, people with disabilities to access services, but nothing is as robust or all-inclusive as the EPSDT mandate, and that's why it's so important to get services to these kids when they're very right. young intensively so that when they become adults, they are much, much less in need of them. Well, it, this is certainly uh, impressive. And do you have ideas of where you would like to go, what states so the uh, parents can have uh, some idea of where you, besides Pennsylvania, are you in any other states? Well, I'm working with other states now, but everything's on the down low because no state wants to admit that these services exist. Yeah. 
So I can't announce, yes, we're moving to this, this, and this, but there are people in various states who recognize, and these are people both in government and outside of government, that Uh if they wait, like in California, if you wait for some judge to rule what kids must get, the state's going to lose, the kids are going to lose, nobody's going to manage this thing competently. Right. If I had some input into it, I could show them how to manage it with $1,992. I could help them put in the safeguards that would prevent fraud, waste, and abuse much more efficiently than they probably can just through a simple monitoring process. Sure. You know, I'd like to be a force for good, not in the squandering of the, the state Medicaid funds. I'd like to see the schools get a little bit more accountable for their uses of it, too. Right, right. Well, hopefully, I think accountability is is the issue because I do think there has been abuse, some potential opportunity for abuse of these funds, and everybody loses in that yeah. scenario. Right, and this and what the really sad part is, the little kids who could get help, mm-hmm. they get a smattering of what they need. Mm-hmm. The expose results in the shutting down of an unscrupulous provider, and everybody comes away with that thinking, this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I am the antithesis of that, and mm-hmm. I just wish I could get that word out. <laughs> well, Steve, I admire your work and your efforts to provide services to children with developmental disabilities, um, including autism. And I know you're going to be at the Autism One Conference in the end of May, and I look forward to meeting you personally and attending your talk and um, collaborating with you in the future. So I want to thank you for all the work that you do and tirelessly. So thank you very much, and I hope to see you soon. All right. Look forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.